Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Today, we are in week three of New Metal Forefathers Month. Papa. Papa. And uh, this week, we are listening to listening to Body Count and their self-titled debut album. A little something behind this, um, the whole idea of New Metal Forefathers Month started when good friend of the show listener, Gabriel, a.k.a. Scribble, got you and me, Jenny, into Jonathan Davis, and he said, I got one request, one request, do body count. And we were like, yeah, sure, no problem. You got us into CJD. <laughs> what we're saying the- is we can be bought. <laughs> Yes, basically. And then the You wheels... get it, Maximum the Hormone fans. <laughs> get us into something. Um and uh and then but then the uh, the wheels started uh moving around in our brains. It was like, hey, New Metal Forefathers, body count might be one. Who else could we do? We could make something a whole month. And uh and this incredible idea was born. So thank you for that, Gabriel. Um, so we're going to get all into body count talking about all about that. Uh, but before we talk about that, we've got to talk about who's tweet. Who's tweeting? Who uh, Kelly K fresh sent us, sent us a, a post, uh, and said, I'd love to go to this. Uh, it is monster energy presents rock allegiance Saturday, October 6, 2018. This is taking place in Camden, New Jersey. We got limp biscuit, Papa Roach, Skillet, ICP, uh, Guar, lots of lots of good stuff going on there. So that does look pretty sweet. Yeah, and uh, I hope you get to go. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will not be attending as uh, I'm. I'm going to go to my son's birthday that day. That'll be my. Uh, you know. Oh so. boy, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, listener Patrick came in. He said. New Limp Biscuit album is coming closer as Limp Biscuit have reportedly signed with Napalm Records. Ooh la la. What? Yeah. So if they're signing with Napalm. Touring got, hard in Europe right now. Very hard in Europe. Um, I, I was on Fred Durst's Instagram while looking at the old Instagram story. He showed some people backstage who were like, hey. New LB sounds incredible. So he is playing stuff for people. Things are moving. I'm excited. All right. Well, I can't wait. Uh, we got some feedback on our My Ticket Home episode. Yes. Ooh, yeah. We sure did. Daniel Terry says, since the first time I heard Iowa by Slipknot, I've been yearning for an album that had the same level of intensity. This will do the job nicely. Never heard of the band, so this was a very pleasant surprise. Nice. Uh, Garrett Fuller said, all I wrote in my notes for this episode was, this episode is so good. This band is so good. It's like you put this awesome part with this awesome part, so everything is awesome. <laughs> Great. And I'm glad that's that a, you're that's taking a quote, notes. That's a quote from you, isn't it, Lauren? It is. It oh, is. <laughs> I see. Uh, I was taking it as a compliment, and I'm going to keep taking it that way. Uh, Timothy John Henderson says, guys, this band is awesome. Never heard of them before, and this is one of the hottest straight out of the gate openers I've ever heard. Jenny, you had me rolling with the Charlie from MD2 reference. I was thinking more along the lines of I'm angry that my coach is banging the coach from Team Iceland. Well, hey, 
We don't know that they banged. We do know that he got ice cream with the enemy, which is a quote from D2. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> J- Jake said, I punch danced around my basement during this whole episode. I love this band. I even like their next album where they became more alt rock. All I could think was mosh everyone into the wall. And then I remembered I'm not 16 anymore and my knees hurt all the time. Some high school kid would kick in my skull while his scene girlfriend giggles with glee. Anyway, great album, great episode, great way to start my day. I relate to that, Jake. (laughs) Uh, Patrick says, awesome ep indeed. The band truly learned the lessons from new metal history, improved upon it, and succeeded. Indeed. Uh, Giancarlo said, first time listener of My Ticket Home, and all I can say is, wow, you knuckle pucked it out of the park since the morning I've listened to your episode and twice the album. <laughs> the mix between hardcore, new metal, and punk is perfect. I heard things from Corn, Biohazard, and even Deftones in there. I have no complaints on this album. Charlie Conway says, ducks fly together. They do. Did, Did you, you say together? That's what he wrote. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Lauren can no longer I was speak. like, Lauren? It's going to be I'm a long also, uh, you know, I'm also stroking out, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Newton says, heard about these guys through the podcast a month or so back and checked it out, and it shot me back to the year 2000. Pure new metal that got my blood running like it hasn't done in years. Fantastic episode, guys. Thanks for getting to this album. You're welcome. There, you're welcome. Uh, ben Rusky said, guys, wow, not going to lie, opened the app this morning, read it, raised a brow and uttered, what the fuck? <laughs> <Very>. <laughs> now that's a great read. Yeah. Uh, very pleasantly surprised as this thing is a straight banger. Also, so many great new characters too. Ramshead, Lydia, Larry the Art Critic, Barry Anthem, just whoa, Ep 102 and Stronger Than Ever. Hashtag Putney's Pyromaniac. Hashtag the stick is lit. Hashtag the boys did it again. Hashtag sensory defecation. I forget about bits. Well, the funny part is that I think I... So in Michigan, and I don't think they're outside of Michigan, there is a chain restaurant like a Denny's, but it's called Ram's Horn. But I think a lot of people misheard me as Ram's Head. So, but that was Lydia, the waitress at Ramshorn, who, when the stick is lit, she cannot be bothered. Oh, that is true. That is true. Uh, Guys, we're terrific. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's just keep patting ourselves in the Uh, back. Why can't we get to 100 reviews? I don't know. (laughs) These guys keep sucking their own dick during the I I know. I grow a dick when we have this, and I just to suck it. It just appears. (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, it's, it's... Uh, I'm going to stop. Uh, Jason Andrew Goodman <laughs> says, I realized something listening to a list of bands the producer had worked with. You can pick a metalcore band out of a lineup effortlessly based on the name. They all have that almost a sentence thing going. Yes. And when I used to be a little bit more of a, a snotty pants about how much I liked cool metal and I only liked cool stuff, um, was when metalcore was really kind of peaking. Um, or it had at least started to become popular. And I always, I remember I always used to be like, if it's got more than three names, I'm not listening to it. <laughs> I was such a piece of shit. But that, I mean, that's 100% right. The name is a novel every time. Upon a burning body. I mean, that's a journey right there. Yeah. 
Uh, Nick Jones said, great episode. Ramshead Lydia might be my favorite person to review new metal albums. Having Lauren back in the Indigo basement brings out the best in the podcast cast. Seems that uh, seems the that was a great party party is now in full swing. Maybe at episode 151, being realistic. If you're doing new bands, I'd recommend A Pot of Burning Body straight from the barrio. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Matt Lyon says, fuck yes. I'm so happy everyone loves this album. I'll be seeing them Saturday at Rock on the Range. This was perfect timing. The Roach Coach effect is about to take these boys mainstream. <laughs> Matt, you are a real dear soul for believing that to be true. And I want old Roach Coach bump. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Roach Coach bump. Thank you. Well, I will, I will mention they did retweet the episode. The band did. Oh, yeah. So that that's was, right. That was very exciting. Highlight of my day for sure. Uh, Alan Smock says, I know technically you've classified this as that was a great party, but it feels more like this band showed up like, oh, for real, man, the party was last week. Well, shit, I brought a bunch of beer. You want to fuck shit up again? That's cool, but that is an incredibly long name to give something on the timeline. (laughs) It's like a metalcore band. Yeah. Uh, Greg Alexander Neville says Mortis episode at 200 reviews <laughs> The Great Deceiver is probably Up Matt's alley uh, To which Alan Smock Responded just listen to The Great Deceiver And I was not expecting to like it that much it was like the broken EP Style of Nine Inch Nails which I love But listening made me so confused Where Matt's Mortis impression was coming from Then I listened to a few tracks from the 90s And it was all weird sad dungeon sounds And everything <laughs> came together What a turnaround in style Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, Mortis. Uh, Sheldon said, these guys were fire. Loved every minute of this app. Thanks for the introduction. Was sad to hear that their other albums aren't like this one. They're just trying to be true to their artistry, man. Yeah. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, who has what appears to be a Polish last name, Bikewitz, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, Scott. Yeah. Send me a phonetic pronunciation, please, and I will correct myself. It says, I remember when this album first came out years back and the scene kids were bitching up a storm, but growing up as a new metal kid, I thought it was genius. It's a bummer these guys aren't bigger. Also, I agree that their latest album, Unreal, is great, even though it feels a little more restrained and not as intense. Over on Twitter, American Standards said, when the Indigo Angel talks about Converge, Botch, and Refused, and then they have an uh, emoji with heart eyes. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, Jenny... Get the guys going. You start talking about these uh <laughs> That's these really bands. gross. I don't think so. <laughs> Get the guys Get going. Get the guys going. Uh, oh. oh, Roach Coach? Yeah, they've got the goofy Matt, <laughs> this, the studious Lauren, and Jenny really gets the guys going. Oh, yeah. It's real. You should see how hot I look every time. Oh, you're it's there. a sex dungeon over here. <laughs> oh, yes. The pictures of your beautiful family. All Cars the turtles. Sweet Hanu. Turtles? Yeah, I got a Hanu right behind oh, me. Oh, yeah. I was like, where? Anyway, I'm sorry. We got to stay on task here. Uh, Box Boron, Rutland Walker says, whoever suggested my ticket home, give them a medal. That would be Matt Lyon. Outstanding new metal journey. And Jenny seems genuinely and unreservedly thrilled by it, which seems awesome and unusual to hear. <laughs> uh, oh, that was a real roller coaster of my self-esteem. <laughs> so, but yes, I did like it very much. Uh, AC said, glad you decided to break the no newer albums rule. This album kicks ass. It has just the right amount of new metal on an older app. Matt Nas said post 2001 was the won't take the hint era. Hashtag (laughs) 
I I dig on the edge. Um. Oh, Lydia on the edge, <laughs> implied pit, and the many pits of Matt Nas. Oh yes. Uh, American Standards again says if you ever need a warm up Christgau challenge just to stay sharp, we released a video for our new song Weep. It's certainly aggressive. Hashtag No Smooth Boys Allowed. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I did uh, check that out. Nice and, uh, that is that's true, man. I activated that's... the pit immediately. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty it's it's certainly aggressive. It it's is certainly aggressive. aggressive. Discuss Metal said, Where's the love for trust company? Um they're on the list. We'll get to them. <laughs> the love? I don't know. I, I actually mean... have no idea. I hear trust company. I think butt rock. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's true, though. I don't know yeah. that I could name a single Trust Company song. So that is the Indigo Angel being an indigo asshole. <laughs> so, uh, N for us says, still not the strangest pick of Mortis I've, I've, I've seen. And sends us a picture of Mortis on a tiny scooter with just three children uh, standing around him. It appears to be pretty dark. So, you know, Mortis, yeah, you got to give it up for that guy. <laughs> you got to give it up Mortis, for Mortis. Mortis, staying on task. Yeah. You do you, Mortis. Live your dreams, Mortis. <laughs> right. uh, yes. Uh, so uh, that's it for who's tweeting. Uh, keep on tweeting, saying hello on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. The album of the week. New Metal Forefathers Month, Body Count by Body Count. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on March 31st, 1992. Pretty early. Pretty early in the old 90s. Jenny, any history with Body Count? Um, I, I didn't know anything about Body Count in 92. I was like eight years old or something. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was working at Record Time was when they had released an album after not having released one for a while. I want to say that was maybe like. Well, okay. I'm looking at their their uh, their list here. Murder for Hire. Yeah, it would have been Murder, Murder for Hire. And then uh, not too long after that, I got into Ice Pick, which we've talked about on yeah. here. And uh, they, there's a song called Real Recognize Real on that Ice Pick album that Ice-T is on. And he screams, body count, bitch. And so uh, that... And I, I do vaguely remember the, like, the cop killer thing. The, there's mm-hmm. a song on this album that was like very controversial because I have a lot of cops in my family. And so I just remember like it coming up vaguely, but I was also a little kid bopping around. So I wasn't like, I have feelings about this. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's a pony. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How about you, Lauren? Do you have any history with this? Um, so, yeah, I remember when the um, I remember when the cop killer controversy happened. I was just starting to watch MTV. And so... Um, I remember it was, I think my first real introduction to who Ice-T was. So I, I was very aware of that. But I remember I didn't hear the song or any Body Count songs for a long, long time. So all I knew about Body Count was that they had a song called Cop Killer that started with Ice-T just yelling, Cop Killer, kind of atonally. And I was like, 
Well, how how good could that actually be? I don't know. Um, so I didn't really um, seek them out on any level. And then uh, last year, we had a listener write into us who suggested the most recent uh, Body Count album, Bloodlust, and just, uh, said that it was new metal as fuck. I checked it out, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was super great. But the uh, I should have... I mean, it's one of those retrospect situations. I should have known that it was going to be hot stuff because who produced it, you guys? Will Putney. <gasps> Mr. Mr. Fire, Fire. Mr. Fire himself. <laughs> Mr. Pop, Fire. Pop. Yeah. Pop, 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 pop. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a real hot record. And uh, 41 minutes, very respectful of your time. Yeah, Matt Nas, History with Body Count. Owned this on cassette tape. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's how you start a history. Yeah, album. man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so... I, I just claimed ownership. My brother owned this on cassette tape, but it was we Whoa, shared a room. What a twist! So we, we shared a room. We shared a room. We shared a room. <laughs> I remember getting in my brother's car. I don't remember all the names of these songs. I believe it's Body Count. In the, it's just Body Count. He puts it on. I'm like, holy shit, this is for real. <laughs> and then my brother goes, "You think that's crazy?" He fast forwards it to KKK, bitch. And I'm like, what is happening? This uh, this album was very defining for me. It's it's insane. This album is insane. I enjoy it. I don't know if I'm going to re-enjoy it on this listen, but part of me thinks, yeah, I'm going to really enjoy it. This is a wild ride. It is a wild ride. And yes, someone who also... um, yeah, this was a formative experience for them, was uh, aforementioned uh, Gabriel, a.k.a. Scribble. I reached out to him just to see if he uh, wanted to kind of give us a little backstory and why he loves uh, Body Count so much and why he recommended the album to us. Um, so he wrote us a nice little email here. Um, basically said, most people wouldn't listen to a Body Count album and say it changed their life. I, however, am not most people. For most of my childhood, the only music my parents exposed me to was Slayer, Sabbath, Megadeth, early Metallica. It wasn't until I was placed into foster care that I heard any type of rap music. It was 0102, so I'm pretty sure it was Eminem. Once I was adopted by my grandparents, I was taken to what was known long, long, long ago as a record store where my uncle bought me Body Count by Body Count. I had absolutely no clue who Ice-T or Body Count was, but when I saw that badass-looking album cover, I knew it was fucking Destiny. Got it used for two ninety nine. That's a that's real a great. Gift. That's a great deal because we great. the record store had a copy with Cop Killer on it, and that was forty bucks because mm-hmm. wow. it went out of print immediately. Yeah, uh, from the very first track to Cop Killer, this album changed the way I looked at music. I had never heard anything so comical in my life, like Ice's lyrics on KKK Bitch or Evil Dick. Oh, evil dick. <laughs> oh, Dude, evil. Dick. evil. Just, <laughs> and if, everybody, if you're driving buckle up if you're not driving buckle up <laughs> clutch your pearls yes evil yes. dick is coming for you <laughs> and if there was one thing i needed in that time of my life it was laughter while songs like cop killer and there goes the neighborhood taught me about police brutality and racial issues the winners lose would hit me right in the feels <sighs> and speak to me as a youngin and still as an adult ernie sees riffs at times reminded me of sabbath which i very much loved while still being punk as fuck Salm exposed me to black people, 
point blank. I'm going to say it. I've lived in SoCal since 11, but before that, I came from Southern Oregon in a white trash, meth-riddled shithole called Selma. I don't think there was one black kid in the town. So this BC album not only enlightened me to a new style of music, but an entire other side of life. It was also super relatable to me because I felt like it spoke to people like me and you didn't have to be a certain color or anything to connect to it. It was music for the misunderstood and the poor, not to mention this album is the main reason I ever wanted to rap. So to wrap it up... This, there's a very emotional connection I have with Body Count. Ice-T basically raised me. I understand he's not the greatest rapper on the planet, but the man's message is what I've always connected with, whether in Body Count or his solo records. I hope you guys think the album is dope, but if you don't, I will always respectfully disagree. P.S. Ice is the first gangster rapper, so I put some respect on his name, son. Love you guys, Scribble. <laughs> Thank you, Scribble, for that incredible email. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so I will mention, I have here the original version of the album. Big thrifted it from Landlock Music in Bloomington, Indiana for a sweet $6. Wow. Six bucks for the one with Cop Killer on it? That's right. Dang. I checked the back and I said, let me get this past these guys before they realize the gold they got in them hills. That's the best feeling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. when you find something and you know it's worth a ton right you like look around and you're like i gotta get this i gotta get this out of here <laughs> jenny who's in uh, body count oh boy in body count we have ice t on lead vocals ernie c on lead guitar and acoustic guitar d rock the executioner on rhythm guitar moose man on bass guitar Beatmaster, is it V or five v. on drums? <laughs> Beatmaster five. Beatmaster five. <laughs> he went with a Roman numeral for his <laughs> name. I am such a fucking dork. Um, and then we've got some Shawnee Sean sampler backing vocals and Shawnee Mac hype man backing vocals. And uh, yeah, they will also spell that out for you <laughs> if you're listening to the album. So there's no mystery around that. Absolutely not. Um, the genre tags on Wikipedia, heavy metal, speed metal, thrash metal, and uh, producer Ice-T and Ernie C. So, because what, Ice-T is going to have somebody else tell him how to make the record? I don't think so. That seems unlikely. Uh, all right. Well, I think we're uh, we're ready to dive into this thing. Um, there's a few skits before songs so i think they're all pretty short though um so this will be smoked pork into body counts in the house yo moose stop the car right here there they go all right give it here give it here oh man let me do it cool guys i want to do it stay in the car man stay in the car stay in the car Uh, hi, officers. Um, we had a flat tire back there. Do you think you guys could help us out? Nah, that's not my job. My job's not to help your fucking ass out. I mean, um, you know, I don't have any other way to get home. That's not my job, asshole. Well, uh, could you tell me what your job is? Right now, my job is eating these donuts. Or maybe... Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you... Yeah. Oh, fucking <laughs> shit, guys. Oh, here we go. Body count. Love to hear a siren. Body count. Yeah, motherfucker. Matt, 
is experiencing unbridled joy. I am smiling, motherfuckers. I think uh, body count is uh, definitely arrived. Yes. Perhaps even in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking love this so much. Like, here's the thing. 1992 is when this came out. Yep. Yeah. In a million years, could you have thought the guy who was the DJ in Breakin, the guy who wrote colors was going to be like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to do a a metal band. Never, never. And he jumps into it, man. 100%. 100%. Like he's not even really, I, I don't know. Like he's not really rapping that much on this album. I mean, it's, it's really a lot of sing shouting more than anything. Um, this whole song is, is largely just body count, body counts in the house. At one point he does introduce the entire band, which is very cool. Um, but yeah, it's literally just body count motherfuckers, um, with some BCs in there. Jenny, what'd you think of this one? Um, I thought it was like, um, I don't know. I love the sirens. I thought it was a really cool, I thought it was a cool opener. I mean, I I wasn't like. I guess I like kind of put myself, tried to put myself in the shoes of somebody who was listening to this in 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what I liked about it, that it just sort of like evoked what it might be like to just watch them perform. I felt like this is very much something that would be happening live in front of me. And it's not necessarily something that I was accustomed to hearing on like a record, but I thought it was cool. And it definitely gave me, like some hardcore vibes which i liked uh so i was into it matt i so my brother was like the coolest guy in the world to me so he had this and he had a uh ford maverick uh the maverick was (laughs) a cheaper version of the mustang um but my dad and him restored it um so it was it was a bondoed betty it was like but it looked cherry. Like they went to Mako and they did the whole nine on it. Like mm. it looked great. And I remember we put 
my speakers in the back seat and we rode in Shelby Township, the whitest place on <laughs> earth. Uh, another white hotbed. <laughs> and uh, we played this with the windows down. And I felt like the toughest. And I am not tough. I am like, knock me over with a feather tough. Like, I see a fight. I'm already out of the building. Uh, but I felt like the coolest, toughest kid in the world listening to this. I, I, this has a lot of nostalgia for me. I'm at peak nostalgia with body count. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I got, um, I got the hardcore vibe. Honestly, the guitars gave me like just real, like old school rock and roll, you know, with, uh, some of those, uh, some of the guitar lines. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Like you said, it does have a real raw live feel to it, which, um, I definitely did appreciate because we don't normally encounter that. Um, over on songmeanings.com, a surprising uh, lack of comments, <laughs> only one, uh, from commenter Flamin' Weenie, who said, obviously, this is about a Mr. B count entering a residence, bringing some friends with him. That is a quality comment. Yeah. And it was posted on April 29th, 2017. Oh. So if that was oh. one of ours, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have uh, Now Sports into Body Count. This weekend, 17 youths killed in gang homicides. Now Sports. You know, sometimes I sit at home, you know, and I watch TV. And I wonder what it would be like to live someplace like, you know, the Cosby Show, Ozzy and Harriet. You know where cops come and got your cat out of the tree, all your friends died of old age. But you see, I live in South Central Los Angeles, and unfortunately... Make the motion for a slam pit. But this is a slam pit. Yeah, slamming his fists together and then they're exploding. Thoughts on Body Count, the uh, song? I really liked it. Um, I thought that uh, the, like, Now Sports was, like, 
really on the fucking nose, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading a little bit about like this album and it being written and body count was named body count because of exactly what the song is about. Uh, just that, you know, in the neighborhood that they, this band was from, like it was just the body count kept rising because of gang violence and police brutality and things like that. Um, and I don't know. I, I liked that this song gave me like a very like early hardcore band vibe. This is a bad brains tribute type song. Yeah. Uh, I liked it a lot. It also made me very fucking sad because it's still exactly true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I don't know. It just sort of like made me, I, I don't know. I guess when, cause when this came out, you know, obviously this is like a very real thing. Uh, and I was just like a little eight year old kid bopping around. And I think it's probably been since I was like, you know, a teenager that I started to like realize that there was like shit going on in the world. And it just made me think about like what it would be like to have to live your whole fucking life carrying around this like burden, you know? So it brought out a lot of like feels in me, like beyond probably what, well, definitely beyond what I was expecting, but um, Mm -hmm. I thought the song was cool. Um, Beatmaster V does a pretty cool thing when it says, uh, they say, take these motherfuckers to South Central. I don't know exactly what it is, but. I think I'm actually there. Oh, okay. Let's see. These motherfuckers to South Central. Yep. <laughs> ha, ha. I love his ha ha. It's a very live sounding record and it does feel like they're all in like the studio together and that literally Ice-T is like turning to the band and is like, do something. I love it. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a one, it's an all in. I mean, for one, these guys are the real fucking deal. Um, so on that front, yeah, I, I appreciated it. Um, yeah, I got like a, like a, like a punk vibe to it. Um, and I had that same thought that you had, Jenny, that just sort of like this song is still incredibly relevant, you know, like it's, yeah, nothing has changed, which is, uh, is kind of sad. Uh, Matt Nas, thoughts on Body Count, the song? I love it. I do get that Bad Brains hardcore feel like listening to it after now, I had never listened to the Bad Brains when I was in 1992. No way. I was not that cool. Um, but as a 40 year old man, I've listened to a lot of bad brains. So I would never would have made that parallels. Um, so let's, let's talk about the task at hand. Papa tendrils. Are we in? So like the first, the body count anthem, not the body count anthem. Let me get it right. Body counts in the house. Body counts in the house. I can see, I can see that. I can see that influencing. I don't know necessarily about this one. I this is where I see the Papa tendrils. You see the Papa tendrils. Not on this in one. this song, but in this this the just the mere existence of this. You have like what many would consider to be the first gangster rapper in a or like a metal band. 
So even though I don't know that I think that he's really rapping on this, mm-hmm. yeah. um, this is a what would be perceived to somebody to be a rap metal band, right? Yes. So in that way... The marketing on it, I remember back then, it was like, it's rap and metal together. It's iced tea. Yeah, because I, yeah, I feel like it's um, an aesthetic um, influence, but not a content influence. Like musically, it's, it's not, I mean, it's yeah, much closer to like a Bad Brains, hardcore, like a punk thing. Um, a lot of the things that we associate with new metal, I don't really hear. I mean, this thing has a lot of classic rock touchstones um not to get ahead of myself but yeah this was early on i was kind of like i'm not i'm not really feeling like the the one-to-one on it so much sure um what do we got next we have a statistic into bowels of the devil a statistic at this moment there are more black males in prison than in college Any thoughts on Bowels of the Devil? Uh, the chorus was giving me big, like, Misfits dancing vibes. <laughs> big time. <laughs> also, is it like, is this song about coming out of the devil's butt? I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, know I see what you mean. More than it, but. I mean, basically, I mean, it's, you know, going to prison and you're basically in, you know, I mean, uh, it's stomach filled bowels of the devil. Oh yeah. They tell you what the motherfucker eats. It's stomachs filled with lost souls, guts made out of steel and concrete. And then you're going out the back door. So like, you know, basically you'll go through the penitentiary system and then it shits you out and you're in worse shape than when you went in. Well, um, again, another depressingly still mm-hmm. true thing. And I think it's, I don't know if it's still true that there are more black men in prison than in college, but I read an article 
as the BBC published in 2013 after I listened to this the first time. It seemed to still be true, but less so than in 92. Mm. But that's also incredibly fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite line in the song, walked in the club, all the hoes gave me the sex look. Right. The sex as, look. As hoes are wont to do. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's direct eye contact, and then they mouth the word sex. Yeah. Well, you know, if if you make eye contact with a man and speak to him at all, it's <laughs> that's definitely the universal symbol sex? for yeah. wanting to fuck, for <laughs> sure. Once again, get out of the dungeon if you don't like the clamps. That's right. <laughs> you don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Matt, my wife hates this place. <laughs> what do you think of the bowels of the devil? I loved it. Uh, another, another more, yeah. Misfits feels right to me. Um, thrash feels right to me, but his lyrics, at like, it's kind of his his rate of delivery. Like when I think of like a hardcore song, right? I. I think of somebody who can barely get words out. <laughs> like they're just trying yeah. to get words out as fast as humanly possible. Like I think of Ian in Minor Threat just like tripping over his own words and just like screaming them all as fast as he can. Ice-T is not screaming these words. Like he's, he's the chorus is not my favorite part. The bowels of the devil is kind of like the weakest part of the song to me. The, the verses are the stronger part of this for me. Um, and his delivery on the verses is probably the most iced tea he has sounded in the record yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I liked it. I like it. I think maybe part of it is that iced tea does not feel intimidated by the music or the speed of the music. He he doesn't feel. Um, this isn't a um, like that's the thing that often comes up when they have like rap rock like fusion where they put an actual rapper on a rock song and it's like a weird awkward fit like they don't know if they need to go faster or go slower or just change their general you know <laughs> cadence and flow. Why am I thinking about the Weezer bracket? <laughs> that's a good example, but <laughs> um, but I I would think the the thing I think of is um is actually um. When some rappers get on like uh, on dance songs, and sometimes the BPM is faster than they're ever used to doing, and so they yeah they get a little mush mouth would have you, and with Ice T on this album he's comfortably in his zone the whole time, he's because he's, he's always had a very direct flow, right? He he's not like a Rakim, he's not like any other rapper of that like he is a storyteller kind of known for like that aspect of it a very direct delivery and kind of being a pimp knowing the game telling the truth he's the guy in the neighborhood who's done the shit and he's and he's letting you in Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the purpose of body count is to let you in to south central in a way that you've never been let in before Mm mm-hmm yeah. Also reading about this, I think maybe part of what makes him comfortable with this is that he was saying that um, 
when we were talking, he was saying that you I, I read this. You, uh, Coco, and Ice Tea. We were all hanging out. Uh, okay. No, I was reading about this, but that he had a cousin who was super into like metal and, and heavier music, like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. And that was like when he would first start to hear it. And then um, I know Ernie C for sure. And I'm not sure about the other guys, but I think they all went to high school together and like shared an interest in this kind of music. Um, and so I think that, you know, it, I don't think it was a type of music that he was unfamiliar with or, or uncomfortable, you know, uh, approaching. And I also think that like what Matt was saying is absolutely right. Like he's still just being a storyteller. Now all this, like <laughs> we've been doing this great stuff with lyrics. It's they get, they get like, um, well, whatever we'll hear it. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I will mention my uh, my last note for this song was I wrote a cautionary tale, bleak. So definitely, I definitely, bleak. I definitely got the message. Awesome, and I was like, "Is this about the devil's butthole?" But I hadn't looked at the lyrics really closely. <laughs> the devil's so. butthole. <laughs> yeah. Well, New uh, on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Zach Braff has had it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'll this single dad do when he gets stuck in the devil's butthole? Oh, I'm never getting out of here. Oh, oh, fart monster! Where'd you come oh, from? Hi, fart monster. Uh, all right, up next we've got the real problem into KKK, bitch. The problem isn't the lyrics on the records; it's the fear of the white kids liking a black artist. But the real problem is the fear of the white girl falling in love with the black man. <laughs> Knock out most guys. She got wild in the backstage bathroom. Suck my dick like a motherfucking vacuum. Said I love you, but my daddy don't play. He's the fucking grand wizard of the KKK. Ah, love my KKK bitch. Love it when you suck me though. Ah, love my KKK bitch. Love it when you fuck me though. Ah, love my KKK bitch. Love it when I treat her bad. Ah, love my KKK bitch. Motherfucker, dear old dad. You know what I'm saying? So we was down south falling in love. You know. Rock had this Nazi girl, my man Moose Man had this skinhead. I fell in love with Tim. That's a taste. You gotta pay for the rest of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well that uh that line I wrote, I said, like that Tipper Gore line is insane. Where he's where he's basically talking about how like D Rock was with a Nazi girl, Moose Man had a skinhead, and then Ice T says, I fell in love with Tipper Gore's two twelve year old nieces. It was wild, you know what I'm saying? It got even worse. Oh my god. Like this is uh just just pushing the line. Take like, that, PMRC. I mean, that's exactly what that line was going at for sure. So if uh, you wanna if you wanna take yourself on a wild trip, this is I'm just gonna read this to you. 
At a Time Warner shareholders meeting, actor Charlton Heston stood and read the lyrics from the song KKK Bitch to an astonished audience and demanded that the company take action. So Charlton Heston reading these lyrics is something I would really love to, uh, I would really love, really love to see it. Well, oh, you've you've heard him reading the cop killer lyrics. Uh, die, 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 pig, die. No, I don't think I have. Oh, I'll have to look into that when we get there. All right. Oh man. Um, the my favorite though was um near the end of the song, which I mean is incredibly graphic, but very enjoyable. He said, "So what we're really trying to say is body count loves everybody." We love Mexican girls, black girls, oriental <laughs> girls. It really don't matter. If you're from Mars and you got a pussy, we will fuck you. <laughs> that I was telling Matt uh, before we started recording that there was a part in this album that I had a genuine belly laugh. Um, and that was it. That if, was it? If you're from Mars and you got a pussy, we will fuck you. <laughs> it. I, you know... Obviously, there's something about this that feels more... I mean, it's obviously a much more silly song in Mm -hmm. many ways than the other songs have been. Um, I... I I don't... I, I struggle with this because it's like... You were speaking about women in a way that is like very gross to me but i think the point of this song is that part of what uh keeps racism is as strong as it is in some people is that they are afraid of uh non-white men taking away their white women that they treat like possessions and it's kind of like calling that out too but then when you say something like, if you are from Mars and you have a pussy, we will fuck you. It's like, I, I don't know if I can be mad at you because I, I think it's <laughs> just like, oh, okay, what? Like, what are we? I don't know. This like, I, I, I wasn't, and I'm still not really sure how I feel about it. It's a very catchy song. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah. It's a real romp. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I wrote the song as Bananas and it just keeps crossing lines. If new metal took anything from this, it was to push the envelope. Yeah. Um, something else that I was reading about this was that uh, he was Ice T was saying that like a lot of his like uh, rapping and like on those albums, he feels like he was a little bit more silly, and in this, he just wanted to come at it from a place of just like straight up anger. Hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that gives me Papa tendrils. Was he was just like I'm gonna come I'm I'm bringing like this anger and this like mm-hmm. angst I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize this as angst actually at all it's just like anger that seems legitimate and very real to me yeah. and also like focused it's a focused anger it's not just like flailing at any target that's nearby like every everyone that he goes after it's 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 uh it's with a purpose and you can definitely like see like the sort of yeah, the anger with with this song underneath is definitely just like yeah, like the you know the insanity of racism and everything, and and 
yeah, this is, I mean, this is one way to handle it is to sort of just, you know, kind of laugh it off in a big way. Um, yeah. Like, so, so I'm just going to read this. So every year when body count comes around, we throw an orgy in every little Southern town, KKK skinheads and Nazi girls break their necks to get to the party. It ain't like their men can't nut their dicks too little and they just can't fuck. So we get buck wild in the white sheets or with the white freaks. We show them how to really work the white sheets. Uh, and they were saying that this was like when they would play, uh, you know, like I, I guess like when he would be in like Southern places and they would rap, like they'd meet these girls and they would, the girls would be just like, Oh, like my family's racist and just like tell them that and then like go off to bone. So, uh, <laughs> I really like this song. There's definitely some part of me that's like, can we like not talk about women sucking your dick like a vacuum but then it's funny too i don't know body counts really i i get it me think i get it because 12 year old me wouldn't give a lyric like that another thought Mm -hmm. 40 year old me is like well wait a minute but it's not like i don't think the i don't think that's the purpose of the song Right. For me, the the purpose of the song is what he said before the song. The thing that really scares is the idea that a black man could be with a white woman. Like that's to me the purpose of the song. Like that's what he's trying to get across, and he's being crass and he's telling stories because. Again, Ice-T is a consummate storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's going to add these embellishments. He's going to be like, yeah, he was sucking my dick like a motherfucking vacuum. He's going to say that because he's mm. telling the story. Which sounds dry. Right, exactly. And unpleasant <laughs> yes. because there's no out on a vacuum. It is just in. Yeah. And that is unpleasant. Um <laughs> Not that I've stuck, guys. I've stuck my dick in a vacuum Me cleaner. Me too. All right, let's just. Look, I have. It's like a. It's like a Cinderella situation. I have a dick until like midnight when we record these. So oh, okay. When I leave here, I'm like, well, I got five minutes to put it into a vacuum cleaner. That's right. <laughs> I gotta test this iced tea. That's lyric. exactly right. I gotta shut back. <laughs> just. Just turn it on. <laughs> But I, I'm going to say it again during this uh, episode, but thinking about this record, the overarching theme for me is this, is this idea of, and I, because I was really, really thinking about this record, and I think some of the scariest words in the English language are, we're coming for you. Like, we are coming for you. Body count is in your town. And we're coming for you. We're coming for your old ideas. We're coming for your fucking held on beliefs that don't apply anymore. We're coming for you. And this whole album, like each song plays into that in my mind. Like that to me is like the thread of this record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know it, what it, it is not a wake up sheeple. No, it's like, you have been woken up. Right. Like, I am doing... Okay, let's, let's, let's be honest. A majority of metal, a majority of new metal, done by white performers. Am I correct? You yes. are absolutely correct. 
we're coming for you. We can do it too. We can we can be a band. We can play it. Now I might be completely off my fucking rocker with this, but I don't think I am. And I think Ice T knew that. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add on top of that. Uh, next up, we have C Note. This is um, basically just an instrumental song. Uh, very classic rock. Gave me a bit of a Guns N' Roses vibe. Um, You're saying classic rock, and I'm old enough that this isn't classic rock to me. Like, BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive, is classic or classic rock to me. Well, they do a cover of Taking Care of Business later on. <laughs> later on really yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did yeah, I miss that? <laughs> I do not um, think classic rock and then go to... Like Ingve Malmsteen or something like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is me just like, uh, yeah, like, cause I, I don't know. I, you know, I missed the train on Guns N' Roses. You know, when I was coming up, Nirvana was already ascendant and Guns N' Roses was old people music. And that's kind of always, always been for me. So, yeah. Sorry for shots fired at Guns N' Roses, but. I think yeah. they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after this controversial as a classic rock or not <laughs> instrumental track, uh, we got Voodoo. song was a trip lauren what'd you think um i thought it was funny but i thought it was way too long 
Like, yeah, yeah. It's a super long song about Ice T. Basically, it's really weird. It's like, um, it it feels like for for a story from him, I feel like it's missing like one detail. Like, why does she not like him? Is she right? Just, yes, right? I've always thought that. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the one thing. Like, like she, you know, like like they hooked up, and then he said he was gonna leave, and then she did something, or like, and then you know, she's like, "Well, let me teach you about voodoo." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, yeah, like you don't leave me, you know. But some, but instead, it's just like uh, I was down in New Orleans. I met this old lady, and she was like, "Hey, you wanna know about voodoo?" I was like, "Sure." And then like pff, blinds him, pff, cuts his <laughs> fingers off. Like, uh, what? Um. Yeah, and also I just like that you know after she takes his eye out, he doesn't leave. Well, I mean, I don't know. He can't I don't know see how to get out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know radius of voodoo. I mean, is it? I guess end of the day, he learned about that voodoo. <laughs> he did. He did. This song was very funny to me. It gave me a very thrash vibe, which I was into. Um, <laughs> I mean. The the screaming uh was very very dorky, but sort of like I wasn't like mad at it. I feel like he's really given this a shot. And he's like, I'm just gonna do this like this kind of metal song, I guess. <laughs> well, Ice T I think is a better actor now than he <laughs> was then. Um, cause it did crack me up. We didn't really talk about it. How he does basically all the voices on the opening song oh, or the opening skit. Yeah. So he's both the cop and himself. And I remember thinking like, I mean, I was going to say no one, no one told him, Hey, do you want to like change the voice of the cop character or maybe like have somebody else do it? But then I'm like, who produced it? Ice T and Ernie C. I mean, he was his own boss. So nobody's telling ice shit on this record. They're just like, uh, yeah, that sounds great and hilarious, and I love it. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, this, but yeah, my main takeaway was like, I, I got it, and it was just a, it was just a touch long, just a touch long. Um, oh, and my one other question was, does Sully know about this song? <laughs> Is he insulted about its treatment of voodoo? Is Sully's voodoo actually an answer track? This is what it actually is. Mm. Great cue. Great cue. No A's <laughs> over here. No A's. Well, you know what? I might be able to answer that. <gasps> Since I have the Sully Erna memoir. <laughs> oh, the boy. Paths We Choose. A memoir. Oh, uh, that front cover. font design. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> fucking kerning. Yeah. Let me uh, let me go show you the back cover. <laughs> okay. It's just it's wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Yes, I got this from the Strand in New York City. $11. Out of print on eBay, this bad boy will fetch you between 40 and $100. Wow. Holy shit. And that's Gold. sold prices? I mean, it's that much if they you can get somebody to buy it, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I picked here's the thing. I picked it up, I saw it, I jokingly took a picture of it and sent it to Jenny saying I got your birthday gift. And then I was like, I wonder how much this is on eBay. And everything on eBay was so expensive. I was like, I have to buy it. Like, it's $11. So now I own the Solier in a memoir. So. Well, thank God. And if I don't get that for my birthday, I will be pissed off. Okay. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got The Winner Loses. I love this song. It's a real motherfucking deal, y'all. <laughs> 
I want to see them lighters up. My friend's addicted to cocaine. <laughs> I fucking know this record, y'all. Smokes day and night drives Martin Paul insane. Living his life in the dark light. Every dollar he gets goes into the fire. Put them motherfucking hands up. You think it's a game that you play. But the winners lose. But the winners lose it all. This song meant something to me, guys. I can tell. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to throw it out there, and I don't want anybody to get upset. (laughs) But, man. Nice bracing me for it. But this song really sounds like classic rock to me. Like, it starts off, and I'm like, is it like a a, a Hey Joe, you know, sort of lift reference? Hendrix. But then the vocals get a little dancing-like. But then when you go into that chorus with the tracking of the vocals, it sounds like it could be like, you know, on Doug FM. Yeah, I think what you're calling classic rock is more of like the hair metal type stuff. And I can definitely see that this could be a bit of a ballad from that area. If you were to say, hey, this sounds more like extremes more than words to me, I wouldn't like it, but I'd be hard-pressed to argue Okay, stylistically. It's a slow boy. It's it's a power ballad. Yeah. Lighters up. Grab your best girl. This is a song about cocaine. <laughs> I mean, my uh, my main notes are don't do drugs long, exclamation point. For effect, Lauren. It's long for effect. <laughs> I know. But sometimes sometimes you're just like, let's let's move things along. All right. Up next, we've got There Goes the Neighborhood. Oh yeah. No, no, no. 
bumpy pit. A bumpy pit. Push pit. Push pit. Um, Jenny, what'd you think of uh, There Goes the Neighborhood? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, I feel like it's kind of like what Matt was saying earlier. I think this song is about that. Just like rock music isn't just for white people. And in fact, I mean, rock music was, I think, pretty Based obviously of, yeah. <laughs> lifted. Right. Right. From black musicians. So. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren? Uh, yeah. Uh, hot riff. It's about being in a black rock band and everything that they deal with. And I mean, but at the same time, said so Body Count is the best band. They will rock harder than you. and They will steal your girl. Yeah. They're coming for your girl. Mm-hmm. That feels like a Papa Tendril situation. Yeah. It's Papa Tendrils in a way that I don't like, but mm, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. We're going to get your girl. Like, yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Christine's my girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I... I think that's, like, very much also... I, I guess it's not really, like... It's not like it has gone away, but I think at this time, like, I'm coming for your girl was very super-duper popular. That whole, like, mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no one, I don't think anyone's coming for anybody's girls anymore, right? <laughs> I think they're still coming for, for your oh, girls. Oh, are they? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. People are still coming for your girl, but, oh, okay. uh, I don't know. Um, I did write a lyric down, um, that I liked. I said, uh, those who don't like it can suck my motherfucking dick. Ha ha ha. And then it goes into a guitar solo. I thought that was pretty badass. <laughs> it's a good move. Yeah. I yeah. mean... Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, there are obviously a lot of things on this record that are like, uh, you know, what is that? Like, I don't know, 20 to 25 years ago. Jesus. I don't know. 24, 25. I, I'm not really. I don't. I used all my math on the percentage for the Juggalo Hundo, so I don't know. <laughs> but it feels the way that he talks about yeah, women tw- feels 20, like it'll be it's 26 years old. Okay. Yeah, so like it feels 26 years old in that regard. But I still think it's cool. And I think that the points that it is making outweigh the somewhat like outdated and like childish way that not often, but occasionally they're made. Like the whole like, if you don't like it, suck my dick. Like that whole thing. It's like, all right. No, if I don't like it, I definitely won't suck your dick. <laughs> right. At no point is sucking your dick the answer to me not liking this. Even if I do like it, I'm not going to suck your dick. <laughs> but I get that it's uh, just a, a saying. What if like Ice Team made it his mission to show up at everybody's <laughs> house who said that they didn't like it? And was like, uh, hi, I'm here for our appointment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a perfect segue into the next uh, song, Oprah, and then into Evil Dick. On Oprah Today, we discuss male promiscuity, why men are constantly in a search for sex and new sexual partners. Yeah. 
go to 240 you got it buddy here we go and when evil dick has his way it sounds a little like oh this boy. Uh, 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 come here baby come here baby i don't want to listen to this with you or anybody listening <laughs> that he goes damn dick <laughs> this song <laughs> this song is uh come on this is a papa tendril song <laughs> yes um how is this not a papa tendril song <laughs> no i i it is i just yeah it's uh Je- jenny go ahead tell us uh tell us your thoughts on evil dick uh <laughs> you know my first thought when I was listening to this was I gotta listen to this two more times. Well, no, I I, I well first of all I, I laughed almost the whole time through. When I got to the sex part, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna have to listen to this Lauren and Matt. I know they're gonna fast forward to it. Um and then I thought like uh around the time I was working at the record store, I dated a guy for a long time who he he cheated on me like in retrospect an impressive amount of times like after we broke up the second time somebody was like no like almost probably three times a week at least and um you know we dated for about two years so it was like an i mean like a truly impressive amount and and i don't know if it was actually that much um but he was gone a lot and i was like maybe he just had this evil dick problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it made me laugh. I was just like, oh. Another classic evil dick issue. I was like, that, oh, really, that really would have afforded me a bit of an explanation when I was like, oh, okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Do you have an evil dick? Is that the problem? He had an evil dick. Mm-hmm. So thank you, body count. <laughs> you mm-hmm. helped me. You helped me understand that one. Uh, what, what, I, do you, what do you boys think about evil dick? Uh, I, I'm wondering... A few years, like when, when would this song have had to have come out where he would have done a voice for Evil Dick? 
Like he basically just does like when he's like does sleep alone, he's still singing in his normal voice. But I feel like there's a time frame in which he does this version of this song and Evil Dick has its own like Evil Dick voice or something like that. 1999. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I thinking mean, I'm thinking Eminem, I'm thinking Shady, I'm thinking Bad Meets oh, Evil. Wow, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. Forgot About Dre. I'm thinking that's where you're, you're. I'm thinking guilty conscience. Yeah, I'm thinking. Right. I'm thinking that's a that's a hard line. <laughs> for. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If he if he does Evil Dick in the 2000s, it's yeah. I don't think it plays anymore. Um, but I mean, it's got a nice riff to it. But it it is indeed um, hilarious. So, hearing this song. And thinking about Papa Tendrils, I throw out Nookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, mus- the musicality of Nookie is a lot different than this song. But we're going for Tendrils. Mm-hmm. Am I off base or am I on base? Um, I, the parallels I see to Nookie would be that it's silly. There is a ridiculousness to this song. Oh. And I yeah. think Ice Cube is well aware. Ice T. Oh, Jesus. Big mistake, guys. <laughs> That's over. I'm taking my headsets off. See you guys All later. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I very much believe that Ice T knows this is a silly song. Nookie feels more like emotionally involved. This just feels like a straight up silly song. Mm. Okay. But. Well, I guess, is there anybody in new metal who talks about their sexual prowess in the same way that Ice-T does on this record? Uh, I'm thinking Jared. Yeah, Jared's basically your only guy. Yeah, because everybody, the thing is generally, um... Most success with women is a detriment to new metal yeah like they're generally not having success with women it's generally all coming from a, a bad place so that's kind of the one area where this album really veers away from new metal in a big way is is yeah the general yeah like general success with women and i mean there's no like we said there's no angst on this record there's anger but there's no angst there's no whininess Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say those are those are the things that I associate with new metal that I that I'm not finding on this album. Like you said, I'm finding anger, and that certainly translates. But we're not getting the angst, the ennui. This is not an album of navel gazing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, maybe what you were saying with like the the nookie thing is like Fred does occasionally talk about like how he like gets women. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the other thing I think of is maybe Kid Rock, which mm-hmm. I blow in bubbles in those hot tubs. So <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, but yeah. But I, this is the other thing. That, I mean, I guess that's the other move, though, is that everything that Ice T says in this album, uh, even though I mean, obviously, it's like embellishment and what have you, but it's still like I believe him. And like with Kid Rock, a lot of it is like. Mm. did you did you 
I mean, here's the thing. I do believe the hot tub because that's like verified. We know the hot tub exists. <laughs> but like a lot of the other stuff, it's like, mm, probably not. All right. All right. Up next, we've got Body Count Anthem. an anthem yeah we're here uh we're called body count or bc mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> i mean yeah there's not really much else you can really say about this one i mean i like that there are basically three songs on the album which either are body count body count in the house body count anthem um i feel like this one maybe you could see it as an influence on max a little bit with some of the um drum work but uh yeah i like this one all right up next we got mama's gotta die tonight no 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 I love this girl so much All my life I loved her simple touch She cared for me and put me on this earth Oh, the pain of just a simple birth But now I find that she has left me dumb and blind Poison twisted and destroyed my mind She taught me things that simply were not true She taught me hate for race, that's why I hate you there's only one way I can make it right Mama's gotta die tonight There's only one way I can make it right Mama's gotta die tonight Mama Mama Always love my mama Always love my mama I love the way she hold me. I love the way she talked to me. She used to teach me a lot of things. She taught me good things. She taught me bad things. Don't trust white people. Don't trust white people. Don't trust white people. They're no good. They're no good. They're no good. They're no good. They're just going to rip you off. They're just going to rip you off. Don't trust them. Don't trust them. I said, why, mama? She said, I told you, don't trust them. They're no good. I said, Mama, 
I thought we were all the same, mama. Why, mama? She said, don't ask me any questions. Don't you challenge your mother, mama. So one day, I found I fell in love. Are we going through the whole And I brought my girl. I didn't real I like, I didn't know. It takes a while for him to actually kill her. Yeah. Um, I yeah. didn't know if there was another uh, chorus coming up. I mean, I don't think there is a chorus. Oh, okay. So this is much more like a... I mean, this is a story uh, about uh, Ice-T realizing that his mother has poisoned his mind with racist thoughts. And so to get back at her, he sets her on fire. That doesn't kill her. So then he hits her with a baseball bat. And it wasn't until my second listen that I realized that 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 killed her. He's not like it's it's not his clearest story. I'm just going to be out there. Um, and then um, after he kills her with a baseball bat, he then cuts her body up into pieces and then distributes them around the country while body count tours. Great. It's been a while since we've had a murdering women song. Truly, I mean, this is. I think this is a first for like killing their mother though i mean definitely is yeah uh it's one of those again where i feel like his point is that it's it's fucked up to be racist in that way uh or in any way yeah but uh and and to get away from it you might need to kill your parents right (laughs) by which i think he means the ideas that don't work for you (laughs) Instead of a woman that you set on fire. Right. I mean, I have a preference in way that this might be approached, but, you know. How respectful of our time is this record? Uh, This album is 52 minutes and 59 seconds. Pretty pretty respectful with all the tracks that are on it. It has a lot of sketches. It yes. has a lot of sketches. It is it is a touch long. Um yeah. Um so at this point, if you're listening to the version that's on all the streaming services, uh it goes into a uh a basically uh freedom of speech uh thing that Jello Biafra reads. But we're not going there. We're going OG. So the original version, you get out in the parking lot, which then goes into the incredibly controversial cop killer. This next record is dedicated to some personal friends of mine, the LAPD. For every cop that has ever taken advantage of somebody, beat them down or hurt them because they got long hair, listen to the wrong kind of music, wrong color, whatever they thought was the reason to do it. For every one of those fucking police, I'd like to take a pig out here in this parking lot and shoot him in their motherfucking face. Calcula! Too long. I got the drug 
So that song caused a huge, 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 huge controversy. Um, but I like it. I think it's like a nice hardcore song. It in some ways gave me a little bit of a Crow Mags vibe. Not vocally, but just, I mean, I guess that's like what every old school hardcore song sounded like pretty much. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was sweet. I uh, I don't necessarily feel like you should kill cops i also don't feel like cops should kill black people or any people so i can see why it was something that got a lot of attention especially at that time uh thoughts um i was uh i like i said i had never heard the song in full before listening to the album for this and what i had read and heard about about it was also that it wasn't even that good of a song like that was kind of like something and that I mean that seemed in retrospect to be something like a sour grape situation or something like yeah it's not even that good of a song I actually think it might be the best song on the album I don't know it just it really is really visceral and unrelenting and does not pull its punches at all and the line that really kind of killed me was the when the, the chorus the cop killer fuck police brutality cop killer i know your family's grieving and then this voice goes fuck them <laughs> just every yeah. time like holy shit that was really something um yeah matt Nas, um how did this affect you as a young man <sighs> so i grew up in a firefighter house so I, I didn't grow up with cops i grew up with firemen brother father uncle cousin all detroit fire so this this did not go over well. This song landed like a, a lead balloon. Now my brother wasn't a fireman yet. He he wouldn't be a fireman for a while. Uh, but this was an instant outrage song. Like I think re-listening to it now, it's so clear to me what Ice T is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, with it kind of goes back to that theme of we're coming for you. Like you've been in our, if you've been in our neighborhoods, fucking us up, you know, setting us up, doing all this stuff tonight, we're coming for you. Thematically, it's the strongest song on the album. It's a tough song to take, even knowing that because it's societally, we're supposed to trust the police. We're supposed to embrace the police. We're supposed to do all these things with the police. And this song very much bucks that. So it yeah. didn't go over well, but I've always thought it was a super, this is so lame for me to say, but I've always thought it was a super important song. Just like fuck the police by NWA. Like yeah. it is. 
not a song that I go out of my way to hear. Even when it was on the record, it was never one the one that I was like, I want to hear that. I wanted to hear KKK bitch evil dick again to tell the truth where it's like it's funny there's nothing funny about this song it's an ugly song Mm -hmm. what do you think lauren yeah i mean i agree yeah it's i mean i think that's by design um i think i think maybe if we're to you know armchair quarterback this thing 26 years later that that the intent of what he was going for and the anger he felt about it was so extreme that his whole message was just overwhelmed by his anger. And to the point where the reaction was such that it had to, like he said, he, he, it was ice T's decision to remove the song from the album because he felt that it would uh, overtake the band itself because of how, people were reacting to it but he came at it super hot what other reaction were people going to have do you know what i mean right um so uh because also i i think the 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 police brutality part kind of gets gets lost in there do you know what i mean it really does get lost and 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 you just you catch all the other parts um because he says police brutality once but he says you know cop killer a lot more and yeah, it just, it's, yeah, it, it almost, it, it almost, um, yeah, just that, that fury overtakes it. Um, songmeanings.com, I don't want to blow your minds, has a couple interesting comments. <laughs> um, V1M said, lyrically, this is two smoking barrels of imagery pointed straight at the corrupt, corrupt LA police department. Maligned by a racist establishment, the gun-toting Charlton Heston came out of his dotage to campaign against it. Cop Killer stands as one of the most significant U.S. protest songs since the early era of Dylan. Think of it as the times they are a change-in for an urban American audience disillusioned by the broken promise of the civil rights era. Better raps have been written. Grandmaster Flash's The Message soars above it in complexity and ambition, but few have been as scorching. And uh, the other good comment, uh, great song. I don't think it's completely about killing cops. I think it's partly a political statement about rights and stuff and not just I want to fucking kill you, though there is definitely some element of anger, hate, and want to kill cops. Whatever. 12 out of 10. Great song. Commenter, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I wonder, too, if the message in this, something I was thinking about, because I remember... The reason I remember this is because my family was like, oh, how could this ever, right. how how could anybody ever, like, we put our lives on the line, all this stuff. And so to me, it was like, I think, I don't remember who said earlier, but like societally, we're supposed to like trust the cops, right? That's how mm. we were raised. But like, as I got, I mean, the my the where I grew up was a suburb and it was pretty white. And as I got older and actually had like black friends who like share their experiences with me. They were not raised to think of the police as someone that you trust or you could call, you know? So, like, maybe the message of this is buried for me, but I don't think that message would be so buried for somebody who grew up, like, not thinking, like, oh, this is a person who will come protect me. Like, this is a person who wants to come for me, you know? Yeah, I agree. We didn't really talk about this album art. Um... 
This is uh front cover has a drawing of a very fit. Very fit. Uh, <laughs> this guy's <laughs> gedonked. This guy is jacked. Gronked. Uh, he's got cop killer tattooed on his chest. He um, has a uh, purple do rag. He has chains uh, wrapped around one hand. He has a revolver sticking out of his pants. And um, he is definitely menacing looking. On the back, you've got basically a drawing of a, a black hand with a revolver pointed right at you. Um, inside in the liner notes, photos of the band performing live, uh, along with a photo of the band with everyone. This is a first, and I want to say thank you to Body Count for doing this, and more bands should do this. Everyone is named, and everyone is labeled, so you know who everybody is. Very helpful. Because a lot of times you see a photo of the band, it's four dudes standing there and jinkos and some backward hats and you're like which one's steven on base which one i don't know label them this fits the theme of of ice tea being somebody who is all about clarity, clarity. absolutely yeah um, but i, I would yeah. say the testament of this song still is that it's 27 years later and we still have a hard time talking about this song yeah yeah that this subject matter is not easy and it's still like a part of you that's like, it's still a part of me that's like, but it's the police. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think, again, if I think about we're coming for you, we're coming for those ideas too. We're coming for ideas that is like what, that might be what it is for you, but is that how it is everywhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I'm being honest, and this is sort of an uncomfortable overshare, but it feels right like my grandpa was a detroit cop like during the riots and everything and he died before i was born but by all accounts he was a fucking intense flaming racist he moved my mom's family out of their neighborhood the day after a black family moved in next door to them and he stayed a detroit cop after that so you know Thinking about what that means, that is fucked up. That is so fucked up. So, like, when I was feeling weird listening to this song, like, oh, but, like, my uncle's a cop, and this person's a cop, and this person's a cop, and I'm like, my grandpa was a cop, too. Mm -hmm. He uprooted a family of fucking six people one day after a black family moved in next door. Like, so, I don't know, like, how... How the fuck is a black family supposed to feel safe? Like, if you don't know, you don't know if, like, this person that's in this position of power who's supposed to protect you, who can, like, lock you up, like, is this person a completely fucking, like, racist person? Or is this uh, somebody that you can trust? And then there's just, like, at this time and now and always, there's just, like, all this police brutality, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't... I. I know that not all cops behave that way because I have cops in my family that do not share that. I, they don't share those feelings, but like, I don't know, like really realizing that and like having to like think about that and come to terms with it. Like, of course a song like this is as ugly and as angry as it is because it's just like, this is a, 
this institution that's supposed to protect you has just been fucking you. And it's not just cops. It goes back and back and back to like the fucking beginning of our country. So sorry, Dick. Oh, that dick is evil. Uh, fart God. monster. <laughs> that evil dick. Uh, hey, baby, I'm out in the bushes. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I, I, think, I, I, I think love I, good dialogue. I think a good um, segue out of that uh, is that our boy, Robert Kreisgau, did review this album. He said exploiting and burlesquing the styles white skin privilege from smoked pork to cop killer ice t's metal album takes raps art ain't life defense over the top not only does he off pigs he murders his mom because she taught him to hate white people then he cuts her up sticks her well cataloged body parts in hefty bags deposits same all over this great land of ours and suggests that listeners with parents on the racist tip follow his example for Satanism, he tangles with a voodoo queen and enters the bowels of hell, a.k.a. the state pen. He wilds with Tipper's 12-year-old nieces, fucks his KKK bitch in the ass when a rally gets his dick hard, and fakes an orgasm for good measure. And like any long-haired frontman worth his chart position, he sings a tender ballad in which a coke fiend steals enough money to buy the best product, then goes cardiac when he smokes it. A-. minus. I think that's the best, best Christgau review. review we've seen. Yeah. So, um, and also it was, uh, gold certification, 500,000 copies, and, uh, it ranked 31st on the Paz and Jop Village Voice, uh, poll at the end of 1992. Um, so pretty good. Kreisgau had it 22nd on his own year-end list. Wow. So if you're in the, if you're in a push pit. At a, at a body count show, you might be push-pitting with uh, the Dean of American Rock Critics. <laughs> you never know. Now we must answer the question. Papa talk. Paternity pa- test. Papa. Uh, is body count the papa? Lauren? Um, uh, I wrote, uh, this is a punk record with some classic rock elements and it is unconcerned with the two merging so that is kind of new metal but not really uh lyrically it's super offensive more than most albums we've done but ultimately i think not the papa matt okay my i'm gonna say it is the papa okay i think if perception is reality it is a rapper with a rock group, rap and rock. So mm-hmm. for a person who wouldn't listen to a moment of this album, could be a papa. For the unabashed, going for it styles, I feel like it's a papa. For the wake up sheeple aspects that can be taken out from it, I feel like there's tendrils. It isn't a wake-up sheeple album. I 100% agree. But it has messages. It has things that it's trying to say that could turn into wake-up sheeple type ideas. You got Jared had this album on loop. Absolutely. I, I say... I say it's Papa. Jenny... Papa tiebreaker. Um, so I 
I body count is a papa. Ah, okay. I so but I don't think body count is like a papa necessarily uh in in the sense that like this is a punk record. I agree. Mm. But it's if you are any uh, any human, any kid thinking about putting a band together and it's 1992 or like you're a teenager and you hear this and you're like, there's a rapper and there's rock. There's a rapper and there's metal. Okay. Like, does he really rap on this? No, not, not really. But I just think that that in itself is significant enough to say that this is a Papa because that had, I mean, I think that that was where like a lot of the idea of this being a thing that could happen came from. Uh, and I think that I don't know if this is a hundred percent right, but I think the reason that I don't consider this to be a wake up sheeple album is because it's not vague. Like a lot of times wake up sheeple albums are just like the government doesn't care about you, man. This is like, here are these specific things that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fucking stop it. It's not like a wake up. It's like a. August yeah. 12th, 1988. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I do think it's a papa. Okay. Fair enough. There you are. Are you Body- wooed? Are you significant? Well, I wooed? mean, you broke the tie. You're two out of two out of three. So there you go. Doesn't wow. matter what I think. <laughs> well, I don't agree with that. <laughs> um, I Duh. mean, yeah, you make a compelling case. I, I think I'm kind of stuck on more of like, you know, we don't have really any of the chug. Um, the, you know, they're, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it more on like a very like, like, like uh, it's 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 like a like the sort of way like Rammstein was like new metal adjacent, like this has like little bits, but it I don't know. Ultimately, it feels um, Papa adjacent. Yeah, Grand Papa. Papa? Like like <laughs> Grand a Papa. like a like a, I don't even I wouldn't even put like an uncle, but like yeah, like friend of your dad's who stops by every now and again. Like I I don't know. It's. If this yeah. came out in 1998, I would agree with you. But it came out in 1992. You know, like it. I guess I'm just trying to do like a one to one. Like I'm just like, what's like an album that you could go and say, well, this one, these fuckers are listening to Body Count. You know what I mean? Like we can go through so many albums and go, these guys were listening to Rage. Obviously, of course, you know. Yeah. That's I, that's kind of where I'm coming from. But I mean, hey. That's fine. If you guys think it's a papa, then you think it's a papa. All right. Well, let us know if you think it's a papa. Absolutely. I think we'll get some comments on this one. I think we will as well. <laughs> I think we'll have some opinions. And, and you know, to think that two years later, Surviving the Game was released. Do yourself a favor and go watch the movie Surviving the Game if you if you have not yet. What a career Ice-T Ice has had, really. Yeah, I know. I love Surviving the Game. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> All right. Well, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening uh, to us. And uh, next week is the final week of New Metal Forefathers Month. Who's it going to be? Who's the final papa to be? Tune in and listen. 
Uh, keep saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, keep sharing the episodes. Helps a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, we love to get n- new listeners all the time. Uh, until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Still love it loud? So do we. Rock and Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except, Bang Tango, Kick Tracy, as well as producer. That have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R O C K N P O D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event.